welcome to the Hoopercast Friday Film News Dump. This is where I break down a few film news stories that we didn't get to this week and leave you with some thoughts before the weekend. We begin with the big story, which is Scott Rudin being an abusive prick. This is from The Hollywood Reporter by Tatiana Siegel. The link to the story is in the show notes. It begins with the tale of an assistant working for Scott Rudin Productions, being told to get an executive on the line, then being told to hang up, then being yelled at by both parties, leading to Rudin firing him on the spot, after which all he could do was laugh after years of mistreatment, prompting Rudin to ask that the police be called on this black employee. It's one of many familiar tales told about the powerful producer and his spiteful rage, but more importantly, it's a story of how this person has not suffered from his behavior. Quote, that moment with Barry Diller on the phone, listening to it and participating in it has been forefront of my mind of why no celebrity or very few people for that matter are going to come forward and say anything because his relationships and his ties in the entertainment industry are very deep and those people will continue to support him, says Eric uh, Eric Imani the former assistant, now managing director of Labyrinth Theater Company in New York. This account was corroborated by witnesses. Rudin's attorney, as well as Diller himself, denies it. Big surprise, right? Who's going to out their business partner as a hateful, childish asshole? That's bad for business, and in Hollywood and in America, it seems that business and money changing hands is the only business that matters. The facts don't bear out any happy alternative. From this story, quote, in the wake of an April expose in The Hollywood Reporter that detailed decades of Rudin's physically and psychologically abusive behavior that sent at least two employees to the hospital, the showbiz titan behind The Social Network and Broadway's To Kill Mockingbird quickly vowed to step back from active participation in his projects. While it's hard to know what made Rudin behave as he did, it is easier to identify the pillars of protection that allowed him to operate with impunity for so long. Over the years, he ensured the silence of his discarded staffers with non-disclosure agreements and reinforced that with fear and intimidation. Says Josh Arnon, who worked for Rudin from October 2018 to August 2019, everyone, including the people at A24, were aware. He would yell at people all day. He yells at people over the phone. People who were there just for an interview would hear Scott yelling. I find it impossible to imagine that people who worked with him more than one day would miss any of that. People just ignored it. A24 declined to comment. For as long as he has enjoyed a career in Hollywood, Rudin has been known for brutality, encompassing everything from hurtling staplers, baked potatoes and glass objects at underlings, to telling one to kill herself and a director not to bother coming out of the gallbladder surgery that stood well above the industry standard. Rudin's lawyer denies his client ever told an employee to kill herself. That's from the story. Also, I find it interesting that the only part that was denied was the part where he that he told an employee to kill herself, but we're not going to deny throwing objects at people or telling someone not to bother coming back to work from surgery. Rudin spent the 80s as a young executive at 20th Century Fox, eventually approaching famed producer Galen Hurd to be his partner. Quote from the story, quote, he said we could be the next Goober Peters back when Peter Goober and John Peters were 
the top producers in town. And I said, absolutely no way. You treat people too badly. You kiss up and kick down. And I don't care how successful we might become as a team. It wouldn't be worth the damage done by you to staff and their psyches. The Walking Dead producer says, quote, I have never respected anyone, writers, directors, executives, who continued to work with him because they gave him both explicit and implicit cover for continuing his abuse. I'll add here how it's sad that I'm even cynical of those who actually do distance themselves from the likes of Scott Rudin. Maybe I watch too many movies, but I'm conditioned to at least consider that anyone talking to reporters about not doing bad things maybe have different motives and agendas in mind. But let's focus on the topic. This seems to be part of a larger conversation about the way business is done in Hollywood. We saw it crack wide open with Me Too, we saw it with the Sony email hack, and we recently saw it again with the expose by Ray Fisher regarding Warner Media and Joss Whedon and Walter Hamada, not to mention the subsequent dogpiling on Joss Whedon for being a two-faced piece of shit who's also made things I enjoy. It's hard to call people out when it matters because if you don't have enough support when you have something to lose, well then you lose. Maybe you lose out on a part, maybe it's many parts, maybe you get blacklisted and nobody at all wants to hire you because you've now been labeled as difficult to work with or that you have the wrong attitude or you're not what we're looking for. Maybe the retaliation isn't film related at all. For example, from the story, quote, several former employees say Rudin's intimidation tactics continue to this day and expressed trepidation about speaking out. Andrew Coles, who worked for Rudin in 2012 and is now a producer of films such as Queen and Slim, believes Rudin tried to send him a message about his participation in The Hollywood Reporter's April expose as an on-the-record source. During a May 20th panel for Anita Hill's Hollywood Commission that was reported widely, Coles relayed a chilling anecdote. The day before the Hollywood Reporter's story broke, as it already was circulating widely around agency circles due to a mysterious leak, an anonymous person called in a false murder-suicide threat at Coles' West Hollywood home. A murder-suicide threat. A heavily armed SWAT team arrived at the house where Coles, who is black, lives with another black man. Quote, My housemate was taken out of the house at shotgun point. There was a helicopter circling overhead. There were barricades in front of my street, he said during the panel. I do not know what the intention was of whoever sent that SWAT team to my house, whether it was to intimidate, to dissuade me from further speaking, to have a chilling effect on anyone else who might speak. I don't know who's interested in upholding the status quo of how broken the industry is. Quote, calls to Rudin's longtime collaborators like Aaron Sorkin, the Coen brothers, and Wes Anderson have been met with no comment, even as more disturbing revelations surfaced, including that former assistant Kevin Graham Casso developed a severe anxiety disorder after enduring psychologically torturous conditions under Rudin and took his life last year. His identical twin brother, David Graham Casso, blamed the mega producer for his sibling's mental health decline after being subjected to abuse, including being thrown out of a moving car, according to David, which Rudin denies happened. That's a recurring theme, being people being thrown out of the car. Uh, again, from the story, quote, I'm disappointed that even after Scott Rudin's horrific abuse of his employees was explicitly and heart-wrenchingly detailed by survivors and those who love them, people continue to cover for this monster, says David Graham Caso. You can't blame ignorance anymore. If you're still working with Scott or staying silent to cover for him, it is either because you approve of this horrific abuse of employees or you just don't care. How do we make people care, right? How can we make sure that people care about this stuff before it happens? 
Hollywood is basically a giant gig economy with talent and crew working from project to project, deal to deal, movie to movie. They're highly paid 1099 workers in a nutshell. They're members of unions, but that only goes so far, clearly. The studios they work for have human resources departments, but many, like Ray Fisher, have concluded that those reps seemingly are much more inclined to protect their bosses, whom they have to see every day in their offices, than they might some actor who might just go away or cost the studio too much money to handle. I think actors, filmmakers, and storytellers in Hollywood have to take things public, talk to each other more, forge meaningful connections with each other so that when something really awful is happening, they feel comfortable talking to their representation and each other about it. I think HR departments and agencies and studios should be more willing to objectively look at allegations of abuse, and perhaps even outside counsel should be sought in good faith more often, unlike the Warner Media investigation. I think as audience members, we can boycott projects if we wish, though I don't think that hurts the abusers as much as it hurts the filmmakers and writers, so I never jump to a boycott, at least not right away, though I do think we should be careful about the art we choose to consume and the artists we choose to support. This is a specific example of what the pandemic has thrown into focus for a lot of people is, what do I really want to be spending my time and money on? And from a moral standpoint, what do I want to be giving my attention to? What do I want to be supporting with my viewership or my money? It's an interesting conversation, and I'm sure it's this is not the end of it. I also wanted to point out some uh, streaming options for you as it is now July. It's July 2nd uh, as I record this. So here's what you can find on streaming this weekend per the TV Guide article in the show notes as we normally do on the main shows. Um, so for Netflix, if you haven't seen Snowpiercer with Chris Evans in it, uh, that is on Netflix today. It's a great film. You should check it out. If you have Hulu, you could check out Enemy at the Gates uh, from 2001. Maybe I'll talk about that in my 2001 film series uh, starring Jude Law, Rachel Weisz, and Joseph Fiennes. Uh, so that was yesterday that showed up, July 1st. You've also got Intermission, uh, which is an Irish film. And the reason I mention it is because I've, I used to own this film. I've seen it several times. It's a fun little indie movie. Um, and it stars a lot of actors you would recognize who are all from Ireland or the UK, like um, Colin Farrell, uh, Killian Murphy, um, uh, Colm Meany, um, uh, who's another one? Uh, what's her name? Kelly McDonald. So, you know, a lot of these actors, but they are Irish and this, it's fun to see them all just being Irish and talking about cooking and, uh, small time crime and stuff like that. Nikes and, uh, Celtic mysticism. It's a, it's a fun little movie. Also got Bill and Ted face the music, the latest Bill and Ted film. I haven't seen any of these movies, but, um, if the rest of them are on Hulu, I might check them out as well. So for Amazon, we've got Alien actually popping up yesterday, July 1st. Uh, so I was going to rewatch this recently, so now I know I can find it on Amazon. We've also got The Tomorrow War starring uh, Chris Pratt debuting today, July 2nd. So Dustin and I are going to check that one out and uh, probably review it on the main show. I got nothing on Disney Plus to recommend except for Loki as we're, as we are ongoing with that show. Just had the fourth episode uh, a couple days ago. HBO Max, we've got No Sudden Move, the new Steven Soderbergh film that dropped yesterday. Uh, So we are also going to try and watch that and review it on the main show. Also, you've got Scream 1, 2, and 3 on uh, HBO Max. I love the Scream movies. And if you haven't seen them all or if you have not seen them in a while, they're on HBO Max. and, And they're great. We've also got a lot of the original Planet of the Apes films 
on there. So you've got the, you know, the, the current trilogy, Rise, Dawn, and War. But you've got like Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, the original 1968 film. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a really great... Um, uh, it's it's actually a pretty solid series of movies. I remember Dustin talked about them on the show a few years ago, and that got me to watch them all. And they are pretty pretty cool as an ongoing saga. Um, uh, back in the '60s and '70s, when you weren't you know expecting franchise filmmaking as much, nor were you expecting a little universe and series of films. So uh, those are pretty cool to check out if you've never seen them. Um, that's it for streaming. Uh, we'll see you on the main show. Uh, what are we talking about next? So tomorrow is Saturday. You'll be getting our review of The Crudes, A New Age. So enjoy that. And we'll be back even after that for even more episodes, starting with The Tomorrow War. Cheers. Cheers.